This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, storytellers. What's happening today? I'm your host, Christoph Trapp, another episode here. And today we want to talk about a new book just came out, Sway by Christina Del Valar. And I read it. Fantastic book. And here's what I like about the book. First of all, it gives you some tips. But before it gives you tips that I don't know if I'm going to need them, it really gets you riled up about all the problems that are happening. So that's, that is fantastic writing, fantastic um, content marketing, I guess, right? If you don't even believe a problem exists, why would you, uh, why would you even try to fix it? So certainly lots of things I can relate to. So today's guest is the author. The book is coming out here um, pretty shortly. It is available for pre-order. Um, Christina, welcome to the show. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Fantastic. So tell me about the book. Why did you start writing it? And, and um, I mean, where did you learn how to get people like me riled up <laughs> like that? Yeah, it's interesting. It really turned out to be a call, you know, call to arms for for marketing folks, but marketing and sales professionals in in corporations. For me, I've been in marketing for the past thirty years, and there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of great things, a lot of good technologies, a lot of good processes and strategy. But what I found was that marketing is still undervalued, and I was trying to find a way to help marketing professionals in particular show the value that they have, show the impact that they have. And so to your point, the first part is just to recognize that there, there is a problem. There's a problem with marketing being recognized for what it's doing, the impact that it's having on revenue, you know, that sort of thing. And then what I wanted to do was like lay out a framework and a plan for people so that they can start building internally trust and influence so they can actually have more impact on those strategic goals, the go-to-market strategies, um, and, the, and the overall revenue results for the company as well. It's always interesting to me when people talk about, um, you know, marketing is the first to go, we don't need marketing or, or whatever. Right. It's, it's right. kind of like saying, I mean, you know, like, oh, I don't, I can <laughs> eat junk food today. I don't need to eat healthy to stay yeah. healthy, you know, and that's right. true short term, but it's not true long term. And it's not. And again, you can do some things short term. You can, I call it put yourself in maintenance mode, but really marketing is the sort of the underbelly of every company, right? Like we we own the website, we own the content, we own the brand, we own the programs. We're responsible for that top of the funnel and making sure those leads get through the funnel and quality. And along the way, and this is part of what the book talks about is we help product define what that product should look like, what features and functionalities we should be looking at, what our customers are looking for. We help 
sales with enablement, whether it's through, you know, best practices that we're giving out or case studies, again, sort of defining what that quality lead looks like. And then we also help customer success. I work a lot with B2B companies. These are long-term partnerships and relationships that we have. And if we're not able to keep those customers happy, keep them onboarded and, and make sure that they're actually using our products, then we have a problem. And marketing plays a huge role in that. But it's sort of, it's a role that's not really seen. People just sort of see us as those, you know, like fun program, we're going to do a webinar, we're going to make a t-shirt type folks, when in fact, we do a lot throughout the organization. And to your point, it's it's okay, maybe short term or for a short period of time to either reduce the resources that marketing has. But longer term, you're really going to lose momentum as a company. And so you need to keep that momentum going. And I really felt that that was, that was really one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book is to really help marketing people understand if they do their job, they do it really well, but they're having problems articulating exactly what it is that they're doing. Again, the impact that they're having on the bottom line and what they're bringing to the table. So I wanted to help them with that. Yeah, it's very interesting. So we did actually have Katie, I think it was Katie Burnett from Lessonly on the show. And we talked about swag, whether you need swag or not. And, <laughs> and you know, I think if you create good swag, I, I think it's not bad to have something that people can wear and right. use or, or whatever, but if it's good, right. right? I mean, there's a lot of right. crappy out there. Um, right. But when you said that, the trigger word to me was copywriting as a service, production as a service, anything as a service, right? So right. people fly by and they say, Christoph, I need an update to the website. Christoph, I need an update. Oh my gosh. I need a yep. t-shirt. Hey, yep. um, I'm not a designer, but you know, flying by the designer and hey, yeah. make this look pretty. That's not right. strategic. I mean, is that part of the problem? It's, why marketers it's are struggling? It's a huge, yeah, huge. And as a matter of fact, I didn't write this in the book, as which maybe my next book I will. But there was there was a time when my team was really struggling, and they're like, you know, we're not able to, you know, get our our job done. We have this strategy we're trying to get to. We have our goals, and we keep getting interrupted. So I said, okay, for one week, I want you all to just literally track every interruption that you have as small as it is from you know oh i need a t-shirt or oh hey i'm just swinging by can you print something for me or you know these what i call these uh it'll only take five minute projects um or, or worse when the ceo pops in and is like hey i've got this great idea um and you know it's gonna be bad <laughs> but though all of those add up and so my team came back it was a week you know five days of recording this and the average number of interruptions they had each person was 200 interruptions a week. Um, and, and how can you be productive? How can you be laser focused on the strategy, the corporate strategy and, and your goals and the things that you're actually being reviewed on? Um, and so literally a lot of it has to do with understanding what the strategy is, aligning with that and making sure that everything you do is really focused on that and also learning how to say no, empowering yourself to say no, um, which I think is really key for a lot of marketing professionals. And that's okay, especially especially if you have that alignment and collaboration, you can easily say, you know what, totally get that, but I don't have time for that right now because I'm focused on this program that's supposed to bring in X amount of revenue or whatever that is. Um, so it's kind of giving marketing uh, folks permission to be, be focused and say no when, when they need to do that. Yeah, being able to say no, that's always an interesting discussion too because, you know, people expect certain things. And, uh, and, and next week we have a show, we talk about the sales and marketing alignment. And it's always interesting yeah. because yes, we all want to make more money, but there right. is a method to the madness. And when you talk about the interruptions, I mean, that's, um, especially when you create content, when you're preparing for something, 
uh, I mean, constant interruptions won't help you produce anything, right? So how right. do we get away from that? How do we change? How do we change the <laughs> that mindset? It's it's a great question. So there's a process in the book that it walks walks everybody through and, and it starts with what I call touch points. So it's literally regardless of which organization you're in. Um, so I think about it from the standpoint of there's product, marketing, sales, and customer success sort of to, to dummy it down. Obviously, there's a lot more in a company that goes, goes into that. But if you're in one of those organizations, you first need to think about what it is that you're doing, all the different things you do on a daily basis. And then you need to make sure that you're getting, again, getting rid of all the things that are not pushing you towards that ultimate goal, which is usually a revenue revenue target. Um, and then you need to prioritize those, right? So you can even say, well, it's really important that we have this case study, but that case study is going to take X amount of time or X amount of resources. So I need to sort of deprioritize that um, or divest in things as well. So you need to look at what you're doing, make sure that it's aligned with that strategy um, and then prioritize. But then you need to work with all of those other, those other teams, right? And in context, I think what happens is, as much as we say we're not siloed, we, we really are siloed. Um, and it's really important to sort of get out of that mindset and think again, not that you're in the product team or the marketing team or the sales team, but you're part of this go-to-market strategy team because that's what's really going to make the difference. You're going to be able to collaborate better. You're going to be able to be aligned a lot better. And I think a lot of what's missing is that context, right? So if, if a salesperson comes to you and says, oh my gosh, I've got this huge meeting. I need a t-shirt. Like, Otherwise, the sales not going to go through. I don't know. Um, and you can simply say, I get that. But so I can either go, you know, get interrupted and get your T-shirt or I can focus on this case study that you've been asking for. So like what which one is going to at the end of the day net us more revenue and quality leads. And so I think that that's what's really important is to start having those conversations. And so the book really does get into building that trust and building that that influence internally so that you can have those, you know, really honest conversations. Well, what's interesting about that too, I need this case study. I mean, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> why do you need a case study? This is like the CEO right, that used to right. ask me, this is many, many years ago. Um, I need this trifold brochure. I'm like, who in the world actually looks to a trifold brochure? Right. If people read it, fine. But how do you right. know they do? I, I know for a fact, when salespeople sent me a point or whatever, I hardly ever watch it. Now, I do need to right. give a shout out to Marcus Sheridan. He was on the show before. And yeah. he wrote the visual sale. And, yeah. you know, basically he says salespeople should do videos. And, and I would watch those videos a video. for a yeah. large purchase. But it's easier, right? Like it's not it's watching a video, listening to a podcast, listening to a live stream doesn't feel as much like school as reading right. a very formal white paper or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not really being forced down you either. Like this is what I want you to hear, right? You're, it's more conversational and, and relationship building, I think. So I think that that, that is critical. And I do, I do think that thinking about whether it's your content strategy, your content strategy is, is huge, right? Because again, everybody can ask you for, you know, I need a case study that's very specific to this one customer that I'm trying to win. And, and that, that doesn't make sense, right? Like what are your overall messages? What are you trying to articulate? And then can we build, 
world one case study that touches upon all of that. Or if you have different audiences in your buying process, which a lot of us do, and we have up to like 17 different people in there, whether it's, you know, the CFO, the end user, the IT, whoever's going to do the integrations, like what is the message that they want to hear? And then take that one piece that you have, that case study or that pillar white paper, and then tweak it for those different audiences. So I get into that a lot in the book about, you know, repeat, reuse, repurpose, recycle um, content so that you're not always creating new content. And I, and I think that there's this misnomer, um, particularly for executives, that if you're creating content, we're doing something right. And that's not necessarily always the case. You want to be really smart about content. Like I said, I'd rather create like one webinar and turn that into a hundred different pieces, you know, blog posts, social media posts, a white paper, uh, an infographic, whatever I need to do. Then I have this consistent message that I can use, whether it's for the quarter or the year or whatever. Um, and instead of like building a hundred different pieces, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you won't get any argument from me on that. That's that's my <laughs> philosophy as well, right? We do a live stream. We do a podcast. We put it on the DBNA television network, which goes right. to Roku and Amazon. And and I don't know what else. I think those might be it. Um, it's available on demand on Roku. So then, then we might write about it, right? There's some right. article. And the other thing I do a lot more of now, I mean, once you have seven years of content under your belt on the current yes. blog, there's a lot of stuff I can just update, right? So in, instead Absolutely. of just writing a new article, instead of just writing an article, every time you do anything, what can you update? Now, right. walk me through your formula. So you can also take bit. all of those and like aggregate it too, right? So, you know, you yeah. don't just have to take one. You can take different pieces. Like I want to talk, I want to focus on, you know, whatever ROI, for example. So then you can go back through, you know, the seven years that you have and find the 10 top tips for ROI and, and create a piece on that. And it just makes sense to, to reuse and leverage what you already have. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> No, that's fine. But that's a good discussion. And that's really a good point. When I did, when Seth Godin was on the show, he he basically talked about creativity, right? And so yeah. did three other people. And so what yeah. I did, I just wrote one article about creativity and I quoted those four people in one article. You know, I didn't right. do, um, here's a show notes page that some right. of you may or may not read. So um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I admit, I don't mind updating content, but as a former journalist, it does not come natural uh, because you want to create new content, Fair. right? Journalists sure. are not trained to update old content. Journalists are trained right. to create new content. So it's a good, it's a good um, point. And, and you can aware. you can add you can add pieces to that though, right? And or yeah. maybe you're repositioning it for a new audience or a new channel. Um, so you know you can definitely like just dust it off and say, hey, I pulled this out of the archive vault and didn't do anything to it, which is fine as well. Um, but even to your point, if your point is to reposition something, then it makes sense to update it, you know, even just a little bit or refine it a little bit. Um, otherwise, just call it what it is like, hey, you know, I, I didn't have any content this week, so I'm pulling this back out. <laughs> so what's interesting about that too, Not uh, let's not go too far down this rabbit hole, but it's a good <laughs> rabbit hole, an important one. I actually updated an article the other day and it was something about, oh, the old article focused on being on a blogging schedule, which seemed to work back then. It performed pretty well. Yep. But I updated the article with two things. I did some copy editing, minor stuff. It's like 2,000 words maybe now. Uh, maybe I wrote 100 new words, roughly. And yeah. I changed everything to um, why your content creation strategy needs to do whatever. And in the first two days, 
the updated version had more views than the article had in six years. Wow. So my point is, you know, it wasn't performing bad to begin with, but right. just updating it, right? Pushing it back in front of people. Um, yeah. Flipboard certainly helped on this case. But, but the yeah. point is, if you have old content, if you update it, you don't have to rewrite it too much if it's not necessary, but yeah. uh, it, it is a good strategy. Definitely. So let's talk about your formula. Let me uh, kind of run yeah. you through that. Yeah, so I uh, I call there's a couple of different components to it. I call it the grit marketing method. And as part of that, we talked about the touch points a little bit already. Um, those are things that you're going to want to identify that you own and that other teams own, and then prioritize those. Um, but the key the key thing is it's what I'm trying to help people understand is they need to build what I call a map of influence. And and so I go through this grit marketing method to do that. And the 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 G in grit stands for go to market strategy. The R stands stands for RPM, which is repeatable, predictable, and measurable content strategy. The I stands for intent or intention. Uh, and the T is the technology and tools to basically develop and implement that. Um, and so the, the core piece, though, is, is that go-to-market strategy. I feel really strongly that marketing should actually own the go-to-marketing, go-to-market strategy, as well as own the revenue target. I mean, we basically do that anyway. We just don't, uh, we're not given kind of credit for it. Um, we don't, we're not given the resources to really make that happen. Happen. And so this formula really helps people understand, again, like what it means to develop a solid go-to-market strategy. And then all of the different areas where marketing is already already doing things within that. And then again, kind of going back to that, you know, how, how do you prioritize? Um, because what this map of influence does is it shows you, uh, and again, it doesn't matter if you're in marketing or sales or product, you can, you can build this out for yourself, your team, the company. Um, it really shows you, again, where what the what you need to be focused on and who are all the other players that might be involved in that and that's where you're starting to look at that influence so for example if you are if you're thinking about like a customer success program a lot of companies again they have like multi-year contracts with these companies and these customers and we don't do a really good job of marketing to those customers so how can we talk to customer success about what our customers are doing, you know, are they using the product? Are they using it as intended? Are we going to have issues when it comes time to renew, right? These are all things we need to be thinking about and talking to customer success about, and then taking that information back to product to make sure that the product is, um, that we're, you know, we, we're building the right product, we're building the right features and functionality. Then there's all kinds of things with pricing, sales needs to set expectations, so marketing needs to make sure that the content we're developing does that. But again, you can see just with something as simple as making sure that your customers are actually using the product as intended, everybody within the organization should be involved in that. And if you don't have that influence, it was interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who is in customer, she's head of customer success. And she was saying that she's been trying forever to get product to implement this one feature that it's literally like almost all of their tickets are based on this one issue that, that the customers are having. And for whatever reason, product isn't, you know, it's not top of their mind or it's not in their roadmap. And so I told her to start talking to marketing and sales instead. And so they went through this process of doing that. And then sales went to product and said, we need this and this is why. And then marketing said, this is how we can take this to market. And so product reprioritize that and put that in the roadmap. Um, but it was really important. Like, literally they can if if you can't
that, you know, cut the tickets that they're getting, um, you really should, you know, look at your product anyway. Um, they were just having a hard time getting product to understand why this was, why this is critical. So it took the entire team, that entire go-to-market team, if you will, um, to get that feature reprioritized. And so you, you start thinking about like, what else is there? And that's just like one, you know, tiny, not tiny, but significant for them, but one small piece where you can start having that influence and really working together more collaboratively. And if you do that, I mean, not only are you as an individual going to be successful, your team's going to be successful, um, but your your company, like the the amount of revenue that you can you can really realize if you do this. Like I've seen it, you know, anywhere from two to five to ten times um, revenue just by. And again, it sounds kind of common sense, but by collaborating and aligning and working together. Again, I think we still are working in silos, um, which just it just happens. And I think with COVID, with remote work, um, that that didn't help you know that much. But but without that, um, you know, you can either be stagnant or, again, kind of go in maintenance mode or have a slow growth. But if you want exponential growth, you really need to be aligned and collaborating together. So why, I mean, why are these teams not collaborating? I mean, is this is this to get uh, influence? Yeah. Is it top up or is it bottom down, right? I mean, if I'm, yeah, so if I great, come in, good. yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, so if I went to a company, right, and, and the CEO out of the gate says, oh, marketing sucks or whatever, <laughs> like, how are you ever going to gain trust? Do you know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. if for some reason they hired a CMO <laughs> and the CEO didn't want to hire that person anyways, or the role, not even right. about, I had a CEO say to me one time, I said, well, here's what I think you have to do. And the CEO said, oh, I don't want to do any of that. I, I just need leads. And I'm like, yeah. you literally, I think, is this, I think this was in your book. Where you it said, was. "Fine, you want you want you want leads, go buy an email leads. list, mm -hmm. <laughs> and now you got seventeen thousand leads." But that's right. not going to help you as much. Yeah, as it's 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 a good point. And so, seventeen thousand leads, it is. It's a key piece to the book, and it, it goes throughout the book. And and this this happened. I was in a board meeting, and I had this amazing presentation. My team had done an amazing job with the programs. We hit all of our targets. We hit our revenue target. So I was really excited to be in this board of directors meeting and ready to go. And I was like ready to start. And this board member goes, "You know, we need seventeen thousand leads." And I literally was like what <laughs> like what is what what does that even what does that even mean like what do you mean seventeen thousand leads so we got through that it took a little while and i was able to show um you know what we actually had done but there's just this misperception about like what a lead is and and how you get them and the quality of leads um and and then oftentimes marketing ends up as a scapegoat when when these seventeen thousand mystery leads aren't aren't performing so, and it's interesting because when I started to develop this book, my goal was actually to write a book for the C-suite and executives and board of directors to help them understand the importance of marketing and setting the marketing teams up for success, which had to do again with making sure that we had a go-to-market strategy and that we were all aligned and collaborating. And I talked to several of my CEO friends and C-suite friends and they were like, yeah, that's totally awesome. Great that you're writing a book. We'll read your book and then I was like well it, and then you'll you know kind of take all that and you know apply it and they're like ah, nah we hate marketing and I'm like great so 
so what I ended up doing was I wrote it from the perspective of the marketing professional. Like these are things you can do as a marketing professional. Again, to it's going to take time, but mm-hmm. like start gaining that trust, start building that influence, and then together you can go you can kind of go forth and conquer um, and really realize those those ultimate goals, which again is usually revenue for for a company. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. It is um, it's it's hard. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where until you sort of see it in action, you're not going to buy into it. And so that's why I flipped it and, and really hope that marketing professionals and sales and product teams um, can take a look at this and apply it and start like going from bottom up, unfortunately. But I think that's what we have to do right now. <laughs> unfortunately, maybe some of those leaders will become CEOs one of these days. I just read yep. CMO to CRO, which is, yeah. um, you know, one of my pet peeves always is about why, how come the sales leader is in charge of marketing? You know, know. They know nothing about marketing. I think part of it is because what people typically do is they apply what they know to whatever they don't know that's new, right? It was with TV. When TV came about, everybody thought of it as like radio. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I had a finance guy say to me, so in my content performance culture, I I measure content like this, 30 days rolling or three months rolling or something like that, but it's never a calendar month. Right. And the um, and the a finance guy said to me, why is it not a calendar month? We don't have a budget 30 days rolling. We have a budget. And here right. I said, here's the reason why. Because the dollar you get on the first of the month is the same value as the dollar you get on the 30th day of the month, same same revenue. But the content I, I push out or I update or whatever on the 30th of the month doesn't have the same value as the content on the first day of the month, which is why you have to have a rolling model. And it's just, I think, I think it's really hard for people to, yeah. to apply new things to their world. It's, it's a really good point. I think they don't understand it to begin with. And then you're, like you're saying, you're trying yeah. to get them to apply this, you know, sort of philosophy. Um, and again, it's, it's interesting because, and, and I know you've heard it and your, your audience has heard it, you know, a million times. It's like what everybody focuses on <laughs> is leads because that's what they know. And that's kind of like this common denominator. And, and like, literally they don't even like, recognize all of the different things that marketing is involved in. I literally, if you, I can't, there's some, there's some example out there. Like if you take everything away, like this is what you would have left. If you did that with marketing, you take the website away, you take the brand away, you take the voice away, you take the content away, you take all the tools that enable sales to sell, you take, you know, all the best practices and and webinars and, you know, product, uh, you know, FAQs, you take all of that away. And that's what marketing is responsible for. You take it all away and you really, cannot run your company <laughs> it would be very difficult <laughs> well and don't get me started on faqs i think it was nas orbino who keeps tweet tweeting tweeting this and he said he'll do it until the end of time faqs is not a customer thing no customer goes yeah. around and says what are the faqs right <laughs> they say i mean you know oh my god i i gotta work through my faqs today the customers <laughs> say i got a question yeah. Yeah. You know? like, it's not my frequently asked question because I'm only going to hopefully ask it once. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a, that's a good one too. I have to share that with Nas. <laughs> um, fantastic. Christina, it was great to have you on the show. Really awesome. appreciate you making the yeah. time. Um, the you. book it's available on Amazon sway implement the grit marketing method 
to gain influence and drive corporate strategy. In maybe 30 seconds, tell me, I know it's bottom up, but when you get a new job, it's important to have the right leader, right? Don't go into oh, a yeah. place where you know they're not really interested or they're expecting 20,000 leads and then they don't give you the money to buy the email <laughs> list that you need to buy to get those 20,000 leads. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's important to ask the right questions to make sure that they're committed. I, I think even you know, at broader, you can just you know make sure that they're committed to a go-to-market strategy and then you can start working mm -hmm. backwards from there. Sounds simple enough, but we all know, know. it's not. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thanks for thank for watching. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi, are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C-T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on Amazon.com.